Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark. We are a weekly late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. All of us are from the LGBTQ plus community, and that is which with which the lens that we watch these things. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Emma. Hi. And Mark. Hello there. Hello. I tried reading this today because I can't. I don't have this memorized. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> I think I did great. even worse. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> How are the two of you? I'm great. I'm fantastic. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Great happy week. Happy to be here. Always yes. happy. To, I I was happy to hear your voice on someone else's podcast this week. It was such a treat to be on the Katana cast. I had a wonderful time. Yay. Oh, yeah. That was such a privilege. It was one it, of the highlights of my week. It was a really, really great episode. Speaking oh, of which, thanks. we have guests this week, and one of the Katana cast people are here with us tonight. But how was your day, Mark? How was your week? <laughs> I was pretty good. It was not bad. I can't complain. I'm I'm here with you guys now, so it's even better. It puts a, a great cap on the week. So there we go. Uh, this last week, Mark and I, I think, are learning more and more that we are exactly the same. So it just goes <laughs> to show that all forty-something-year-old gay men are the exact same person. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, although between like me and Mark Marquis, you have said the same about you know some of the things in our lives. So uh-huh. it's, just, it's funny. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we also happened to find a whole bunch of fellow gay hobbits online, too, because we started that, uniting the other day. Yes. <laughs> it is going to be like the seven dwarves coming down, <laughs> taking over everything with glitter and good times. Jeez. <laughs> so should we make and, Ahsoka in the white outfit? Like, you know, just put her in a white outfit or something? Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Ahsoka the pink and white. And Dale from uh, uh, It's True All of It podcast from australia mm-hmm. has met kylie minogue so that like ups wow. our gay factor like so much Amazing. <laughs> so good. i love it i love it <laughs> hello everyone in the chat hello 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 we are gonna hop to this real quick because like i said we have some guests two of which are gonna hang with us one of which has some important things to talk about so let's bring them on maggie Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here tonight. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming. Ian, hello. Hi. This is Ian from the Katana <laughs> cast. And Mo from Triad of the Force. Hello. Good evening, everybody. And cheers. 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 <laughs> All right. So we, Maggie is, it's very late for her. So we, uh, she's <laughs> going to share us uh, uh, information about a wonderful fundraiser that she's put together here right after we do the news. And uh, we're going to get a quick hot take from her on today's episode before she leaves. So get us going. Nice. I just put that on her right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Are we starting with some? What's hot take, though? I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) It is guest call, guest call. All right. Um, I don't know if 
we've never had this many people, so I don't know how to do some of this. There we go. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> oh, good. All right. <laughs> Let's hop into this news. We're starting with the Mando poster, right? All right. Yes, we are. <laughs> Which uh, the reading of Ian has already begun because someone <laughs> thought that Axe Wove was forgettable. I'm like, are you? Who said so, No. The hottie with the widow's peak? Handsome. He is quite handsome. He's got the best so, widow's peak. I'm only oh, seeing yeah. Yeah. two. Cool. Badass actresses. Mark and I are thirsty. I went from no ships to my ship and my gay space daddies to like, let's really open up the gate and have like a three way polyamorous relationship. Like, they can all be together. I'm here for that too. Like, let's just have it all. But there's been a lot of eye candy this season so far. So we've got a ways to go. So, yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board. <laughs> Axe is going to be tough. I mean, I'm still here for my for my uh, uh, Cobb Vanth, and I'm still a Din Cobb stand through and through. <laughs> but Axe is done. So... Anyways, all right. <laughs> what do we got to say about this here poster, Mark? Um, oh, well, obviously we have Axe Wolves. Bo-Katan and Cusker Reeves on it. And um, I, I I love it that we're getting a different character poster for each new episode. It's mm-hmm. it's great. I love it. It's it just I wonder if that's what they're gonna keep going forward. They're just gonna do something new every season. But yeah, it's just great. And and hopefully these will all be available someday to, you know, the public. Would be great sure. to have them. Or in some type of a poster book would be great too. But yeah, we'll see. They're a lot of fun, though, as a graphic designer who also sometimes wants to lift some of these things for certain sorts of projects, maybe mm. thumbnails or whatnot. Having the tops of their heads chopped off is really drives me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't crop. I have no control. <laughs> All right. We also had a fantastic interview, which... Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a bad picture of poor uh, <laughs> Katie Sackhoff. But, but Ash Crosland had an interview with Katie Sackhoff for Entertainment Tonight. And it was a great interview because I absolutely love seeing her enthusiasm for being on The Mandalorian. Having her talk about like what has happened up until this point. Clearly, she cares about her character and about where this is all going um, and you know, that's, it's infectious to see that it makes me love her even more. I've, I've liked that particular actress for quite a while now. And just, you know, I, I, she was a breath of fresh air. It was really fun to see that interview. It was great. I'm, I am going to pose one question to the table here. No one can see my cursor circling the hair of Bo Katan here. <laughs> yes. Why not just dye her hair? <laughs> she might have Thank needed it, that color Thank for you. like another project, and it might have been a lot more work to do it. So she has to work with what she's got. You know, could be that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just Isn't thinking. Is there a washout it, dye? <laughs> Yeah, but it messes with your hair, and your hair doesn't look as pretty. Okay. And her hair looks great. He's like, you don't want to mess with it before you go on a big project. Who knows what she's got lined up? I'm just saying. That's true. She does have that Netflix show, the Tom Watch. <laughs> it was. It was a really. Honestly, it was a fantastic interview. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
And then we had a holiday special. Yes! So yes. Oh, it's so much fun! <laughs> yeah, it was the last great. poster for this, I, I mean, you gotta love it. It's like you got yeah. Lego lightsabers like on a string of Christmas lights. <laughs> Honestly, their marketing, uh, as far as their poster goes for this particular special, was actually, as far as I'm concerned, it was top-notch. I loved it. It made it more fun. You know, it made you want to watch it, and the trailers yeah. were great, and then the actual special itself was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hey, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, Disney, when Solo <laughs> 2 comes out, please hire this marketing team to sell your movie. Seriously. <laughs> right? So yeah. real quick, I want a, a a score of 1 to 10 from each of us on this holiday special. So, Mark, you're the biggest. We're going to go with you right now. Oh, man, come on. Okay, I'll give it a 9. I don't know if I'll give it a 10. I'll give it a 9. <laughs> okay, Emma. 8.5. Me. Uh, 7.5. <laughs> Not enough Max Rebo. Maggie. Um, I gave it an official review of 10, um, which is shocking because I don't, I don't like Lego movies, but I enjoyed this one. All right. (laughs) Ian. I'm like eight, eight and a half territory. Very nice. Mo. I feel horrible. I have not watched it yet. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. (laughs) So that is pending. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. We have a a TBD. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Nice. And All now right. we have a helmet. <laughs> yes, up next. So Yakface uh, posted a picture of a new Hasbro Black Series bucket that's going to be a Target exclusive, from what I've heard. Um, and it's a Captain Cardinal helmet, a.k.a. Archex, um, which is great news for fans of the Phasma and Black Spire books. It's a beautiful helmet, so, yeah. Oh. I'm sure Delilah Dawson is just, like, thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Look at me being a really horrible... Star Wars fan because I forgot that Captain Cardinal was in books. I thought he was the dude from Resistance who was Me in too. like two episodes. <laughs> no, I did too. And it's funny, I got them mixed up and, and okay. then I looked into I was like, oh, why am I making those two characters in the one? You're not alone. I, okay, I yeah yeah I, I it took me aback and I looked into I was like oh that's right I'm all why are they automatically like there's a character that kind of looks like that in Resistance but I, whose name I'm currently forgetting shame on me um but yeah yeah, it was great so hope's gonna kill us um yes she is so uh thank you mark because our both getting this name mixed up just proves more so that 40 something year old gay men are all the same (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) okay now to far less delightfulness Yes. And uh so we have the Vanity Fair article. Um this was put together by Joanna Robinson and Anthony Bresenkin. Um and basically uh, it's just about a fan who loves the Cara Doom character and the actress as well. Um but then started to become more at odds with her when she started becoming transphobic and being anti-mask and every other matter of thing online that just has made her hit her guts. But <laughs> that uh that's the gist of it but luckily some good came out of that though because <laughs> they did um they did a, did a little plug for a certain gofundme that yes. uh we're gonna talk about yes boom <laughs> this is the way emma this is or, the uh, way. maggie bring let's bring it in let's bring it in tell all us right. all about it so yes. we have officially hit $15,540. Wow. Um, I am just so overwhelmed. Um, 
you know, going into the new season of The Mandalorian, Candace, who is in the comments right now, and Eric and I decided that we were going to kind of extend this until the season finale and hope that we maybe got 15,000. And we have just blown past that. It has been so encouraging to see the support of the fans, of creators. I mean, E.K. Johnson got us, you know, $1,000. And then today, Meg Dowell, who was also in the comments for Project Stardust, donated $1,000 and just like helped us knock it out of the park. And it has just been so awesome to see. Yes, because of Meg. Um, it's just been so awesome to see. Um, this has been such an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I said in some of the, the press we did early on, like as an ally, like it's so easy to like get like angry and like want to like tweet stuff, but like actual advocacy is putting it into action. So it's just been a great call to arms to see people really embrace um, this entire community. And so I feel really um, humbled to have been part of this. Um, it's been so surreal. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Without our allies, we would have nothing. So we appreciate you. We we are uh, 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 small, but we are mighty with our allies. So we appreciate you. So I am very thankful. And what's going on today? We have, well, it's not today everywhere. Yes. (laughs) But... We are asking to donate $12, correct? Correct. For For chapter 12. 12. Yes. And especially with today's episode coinciding with Transcender Day of Remembrance, it just felt like we needed to do something to really push that. So I love Hope saying that we should shoot for 20,000. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if that certain actress appears again, um, we'll do another big push. Um, I think it's really, and you know, the, the Transgender Law Center has been so very supportive of it as well. I don't know if any of you donated to the yep. original group, mm-hmm. like that original section of like donations. They sent out a thank you letter that was just like so enthusiastic about the support um, when that first mm-hmm. cash out went to them. That's awesome. And that That's first awesome. Yeah. awesome. And for me, they will not do it on the Katana cast and I respect that greatly but every time you hit that send button just say bye gina bye <laughs> do that for me please I love that. <laughs> but it's it's been great and yes so thank you for awesome. letting me come on to talk about that yes i i i was not planned at all and i uh, quickly sent emails out this morning so thank you for responding and 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 staying up late for us we appreciate it yes. so quick hot take here thank you. it's awesome we thank need more you. perspectives from everybody in the community well this show got a whole lot better after ian emma and mark came on board and helped turn it around so Good. y'all helped give us a much bigger voice and i will forever be <laughs> grateful and we are all a big family now for Indeed. sure. Indeed. Thank All you, right. Brian. <laughs> Maggie, hot take for today's episode before you go. Is it the 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 dark troopers? Is that is that the hot take of, or the Snoke in a jar? <laughs> Either or both. Guest call. Guest oh call. So I'm going to say, as an expanded universe fan, I am a huge fan of any time things from the expanded universe <laughs> comes in the Mandalorian. So yeah, all yeah. I'm going to oh. say. <laughs> All I'm going to say, um, anytime you can tie in things that have been decanonized and bring it into canon, you're going to, I'm going to be happy. So, boom, I love it. I love yes. it. All right, where can we find you? Though, if you're watching this, you probably already find you. 
Yes, you can <laughs> follow me at Maggie of the Town. Very good. Thank you again for all that you have done, and let's 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 take Hope's lead and uh, 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 get to twenty thousand dollars. Yes, let's do it. Incredible. Let's do it. All right. Thank you very much, Maggie. Thank I appreciate you. Know, you. Bye, Maggie. And, Have a good rest of your podcast. It's so great to see all of you in person. Good to see you too. Bye. Thank you. Awesome. Aw. That, oh, cool. that was great. That was great. Love um, it. I'm going to say our highs now. I'm going to go scroll back to the top. Hello, Petra. Hi, Petra. Hey, Petra. Hello. Six. Six, I think Petra said was their oldest. Six. We were chatting earlier. Hello, Ben. Again, I was telling Hi, um, I was telling Ian before we started the show that uh, your last episode, I was a puddle for the last hour listening to y'all talk about my beautiful and amazing Ahsoka, and then uh, Leia. All of it. It was it was a really really fantastic podcast. Uh, Meg, hello, Meg. Thank you for the thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping kitten, ahoy, 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 Gustavo, meow, meow. hello. <laughs> oh, that's our goose. That's Triad Goose. Yeah, that's good. That's goose. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're awake too. Joining us tonight. It's awake. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and uh, hope I'm going to bring you in right here with. I knew you would know the answer if I can find it. If I can find it, I am. Hope has, says hello with Major Von Rigg. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <clears throat> Thank you, Hope. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and Alexandria is here. <clears throat> I'm so excited for them to be here. They are wonderful, have the best energy Alexandria, ever in the world on Twitter. Hi. And uh, this is the second one. Oh, hello, Lauren. Congrats on the 6,000 downloads. Way to go. That's amazing. Nice. <laughs> and Candace from Geeky Waffle with Max Rebo Lives. Quick side story because Brian loves his quick side stories. Uh, in 1997, Tales from the Jabba's Palace was released. And that was uh, a chapter where Max Rebo lived. I signed every yearbook with Max Rebo Lives. Hell <laughs> yes. Because awesome. I am a nerd. I, I should have worn my Max Rebo band shirt. Tonight. There you go. I, yeah, I almost that. did it again, but it wore it last week. And ah, okay. I, you know, we we are a gay podcast, and I will get read by all the gay men for how dare you wear that two weeks in a row? Oh, <laughs> jeez! One of which will be my husband. <laughs> hey, as long as you're matching, you're good. Okay, okay. right there, you go. Yo, bitch, that again? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, i uh i was uh so on our on our podcast it was released on sunday i'm very proud of tom he opened up very much about religion because i really feel that is kind of the underlying theme of this season which we talked about on pink milk after dark last week and he really opened up about his experience which is not always easy for him to discuss those kinds of things so i was i was very happy that he did i was honored and uh uh uh, ben said some very nice things that I'm going to read to him on Sunday that he does not oh, know, sweet. but it'll make him very nice, uh, make him feel good. Uh, because Tom, as 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 uh, listeners know, 
feels that Emma and Mark are coming in hot on his heels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, come on. Getting ready to dethrone no. him. Come on. Not true. Never. Will never happen. Never. <laughs> All you right. in Luke. No. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Hey, real quick before we take a deep dive, uh, we're gonna go into uh we're gonna start the show with some Ahsoka talk. Um and maybe if we have any tidbits left from chapter three or not chapter three, uh chapter eleven, um from last week, now that we had had a week away, but I want to get to know our guests. Real quick, we're going to start with Ian, because we hear no Ian, it's Pink Milk family, but uh, let's get another, you 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 have grown bigger and now have a, a podcast that you did not have when you were on our roundtable, so tell us about it. So, well, first off, thank you, uh, Brian, Mark, and Emily for inviting me this evening. Um, yeah, so the roundtables that pink milk threw together for like two months inspired me to put together my own podcast it is called the katana cast and basically we just we're star wars we're a queer star wars podcast um we also have a black woman host and kind of our goal is um contributing unique certain points of view of the fandom um, and reflecting our certain points of view uh, back into the fandom, um, giving marginalized voices um, or marginalized people's a voice. And awesome. Um, yeah. And inserting a lot of uh, Lionel Richie. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yeah, we right. can't. We can't technically take credit for it because Maria uh, has her own podcast called Sisters with Sabers, and one of their big things is inserting the Lionel Richie hello, and of course with Maria we had to include that and borrow it for our own podcast as well. So uh, we were talking that I I am now also a teacher, like many people across the world during these these times. And um, Sisters with Sabers and probably Katana Cast are not podcasts I would normally play with my children around. Uh, uh, Not to take away anything, but it's uh, probably PG thirteen ish. Yes. And I am, yeah. Anyways, the other day, Michael came in while I was listening and heard, hello. And Michael said, <laughs> which I talk about Michael all the time. It's like Michael's the only one who pays attention to me, I think, because he's the child I talk about the most. But he's like, oh, daddy, that's Lionel Richie from American Idol. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so cool. <laughs> I'm like, Smart oh. kid. Smart you kid. You are six. I love it. Amazing. Uh, six. Six. Yep. Nice. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> get a cookie or some like extra dessert tonight. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Well, he never walks away from any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mo. Hello, everybody. Uh, from I am Mo from Triad of the Force, 
We are a group of three Puerto Rican friends who come together just to pretty much kind of chit chat, talk along, and a little bit kind of kind of how Ian plays it. Bring a little perspective from, in a way, diversity. That's kind of like our we didn't see any representations for Latinos and Puerto Ricans specifically as fans, and it is something that. You know, we thought it, it would be a good thing. We got together. We known each other for things pretty much since high school. So over that's ten awesome. years, everybody. Wow. So we're pretty much like family, and that's that's been. We we just started on September, but we're just happy to be here. And thank you. I, I we appreciate everything. Yes, uh, y'all are wonderful, Goose and Nani as well. I was just uh, hanging out with them on Sunday. That episode went out on YouTube and podcast on Wednesday. And uh, we had a really, really wonderful time. Mo had me crying at the eight minute and 45 second mark. (laughs) Uh, With an absolutely beautiful story. Um, All of us love Asajj on this here podcast. I am a major Night Sisters arc fan, which we spoke about briefly, but I will never look at it the same again. And so I have to thank you, my friend, for that, because honestly, it was was very beautiful and uh all of us here know how difficult it is to open up like that on on youtube on a podcast and not know exactly what's going to be thrown your way at the end but that's what we're here for so no i'm I'm, I'm glad no no thank you i'm glad it was the first time i actually did it on really yeah uh, that story for you apart from maybe a few select friends and like it just hasn't come up, so thank okay. you for providing that ambiance to promote. Well, that. look at that you you came with the door wide open. <laughs> yep. Oh, that, that, that's that's been my thing, you know, radical acceptance. Ian's here, way. so we need some snaps, and that move is is deserving of some snaps, my friend. Way <laughs> yeah. to go! Speaking of sisters with sabers, hello, Lev. Hello, <laughs> sweet. Hi. And Petra, always coming in. Lionel Richie and Star Wars, that's an intersection. I never expected. <laughs> but it sounds amazing. Yep. All right. So before we de- uh, go on a little dive with with Emma on Ahsoka and where she is right now in the universe of the Mandalorian time frame, do we have anything from Chapter 11 that we didn't get out that we have now thought about? I think I'm good. Do we cover yeah, everything? I think I think we did. I think we yeah. were pretty thorough. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Axe Wolf is super hot and beautiful. Please come back. <laughs> Who's that again? <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Oh, yeah. Do we think? Do we think there are men in the night owls now, or do you think he is from somewhere else? Well, I think I think I I might have talked about this last week, though. Is that I at this point? I think that all the different groups and subgroups are having to come together because they have a common cause. So (laughs) they do a (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) So something I thought about after last week. Uh, this is the way is quite the thing. I think about 
So, Mo, we do everything on this. We, especially The Mandalorian, which we feel very much is a queer coded show. At least I do. And yeah. so now I just project that on everyone else. Uh, but everything I have an inability to see Din is anything other than a gay queer character. Um, so I'm thinking about. I saw a glory and read <laughs> something else. And Brian's discovered the glories are reversed. <laughs> Fiction, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, this is after dark, and I read something different. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm thrown off now. Um, so I think about Dan, and <laughs> those are a side I haven't seen in a long, long time. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, so. I think about Din, and now this is the way, and it's like it it has a different meaning now, knowing it is this cult, and it's already we've we've exhausted the idea of talking about not being able to really to remove the helmet. Yeah. But last week it punched again, like it had been a minute since it had punched really hard, and now, and I think about the way Bo Katan, like you know, in a way, condescendingly, if I even say that word correctly, like said, this is the way to him earlier. And I'm looking forward to Din claiming the word himself, just like we have claimed the word queer, which I've talked about a lot with Tom, who does not like the word because he's, you know, like he's still stuck there. And I understand that, understand 100%. Like I have retaken that word. I like the word queer. I refer to myself as a queer person now. And I'm looking forward to Din maybe being able to take this is the way because Lord knows it's a very popular hashtag and it has really caught on. But we need to reframe it now. Of this is the way to be myself and take that helmet off. Uh, (laughs) I think that was like the biggest takeaway for me. And I'm like, and I have said it since the round tables, since chapter three, I do not, I, I, I'm very curious about the armor and the possibility of her being a mall loyalist. I feel like after this reveal, like we're possibly like it gave more credence to that idea that, you know, they're, Bo-Katan kind of villainized her a little bit in that moment, you know, uh, to me. So, But speaking about reclaiming words and meaning, that is a perfect segue into Ahsoka. So where are we at with Ahsoka Tano uh, at this point in the timeline? Because she is she is shadowing over it all at this moment in time, I think. Yeah. So at this point, I mean, time got bent a little bit for her, but I think it's safe to assume that she is at this point, like in her role as Ahsoka the White. Um, And like, as we saw in Rebels and that puts her at a strange junction for someone who is looking for Jedi Hmm. because she has taken a path that is outside of the way of the Jedi, which was very narrow and very well-defined. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet like Din is on this trajectory towards her with the idea that he's going to give the child to the Jedi. So we're going to have this confrontation between someone who thinks that they are going to meet a Jedi <laughs> <laughs> when they're actually going to meet Ahsoka Tano. Yes. Who is definitively not a Jedi. Unless she's changed her mind. And if she has, it would be interesting to see the journey that she took. 
to do that. But I don't think she has. I think that, so here comes the deep dive. So I think from the beginning, we should have seen, I mean, there were signs in the early Clone Wars that um, Ahsoka was not going to be like an obedient Jedi living under that yoke and that hierarchical structure. She and and part of that, part of like one of the signs was the the strength of the bond between her and Anakin. Because he was also very roguish. He was always on the edge. He oh that's true. Olivia makes an excellent point. You yeah. should you should put you should put I that up sure. on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So which, it's true. Which would mm-hmm. go back to what we were just talking about, Din needing to reclaim this is the way as being yeah. something different. That could be really cool. But yeah, so just to just to wrap up what I was saying, I mean like like uh it often it's <laughs> often brought up textually that Anakin is um does Anakin uh, strains at the confines of the Jedi way of life and I mean as we know canonically he breaks he definitely breaks the rule for non-attachment <laughs> in a, in like in the most extreme way you possibly can, you know, by tying himself secretly to, to another possession. person. If, if I could <laughs> my, I, I think, yeah. Uh, not just like with a romantic partner, like marriage um, with Padme, but it's noted throughout like the entirety of Clone Wars with R2D2 as well. And and mm. you you mentioned it too with Ahsoka Tano too. Um just him going all out to rescue R2D2 from Grievous. Um yeah. re, uh rescuing Ahsoka Tano and Plo Koon is like you you've taught her well like Yeah. Unfortunately, you need patience in this matter cuz you clear like in this in entire galaxy you have no idea where she could be but then she survives from his training yeah yeah and and uh and also luminara does the same pulls the same thing on anakin too yes yes yeah you know so the he keeps being told over and over and over again at how he's not he's not a good fit he's not a good fit for the jedi way or for the way that that these mm-hmm. Jedi believe that Jedi should behave, and um, and 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 the same qualities are apparent in Ahsoka, like her passion and her connection to other people, and how um, she derives meaning in her life from her personal relationships. Yep, and it's very difficult to do that and practice non-attachment. Well, she also actively goes out and seeks new relationships at every turn she can possibly make too. She's always seeking for connection. Exactly. Exactly. She's always seeking connection. She's very curious about life. You know, she's, uh, she's not conventional and that's not an easy life. Like if, if you, if that is who you are on the inside, being a Jedi is not an easy life for you. Nope. Because it doesn't it doesn't concur at all with the philosophy of the Jedi path. I think I mean I don't I mean I 
from the way that I perceive canon, Jedi, like being a Jedi is a set of principles, not necessarily just aligned with being a force user. Like a lot of people, when they talk about the Star Wars universe, they interchange, they use the term Jedi and force adapt interchangeably. But as you've already heard me say many times before, I push back against that like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and I think that we, I think that this is a universe where the Jedi have had the opportunity to learn a lot about the nature of the force and to learn how to manipulate it because they are the people who are the most able to manipulate it. But it doesn't mean that other types of people don't have uh, the possibility of connecting with the force and manipulating it in a, in a powerful way. Um, and, um, I was going somewhere with this. Where was I going? (laughs) But So I think, I think, I think that, I think that, um, I'm not necessarily of the opinion that Ahsoka would try to be like a new kind of Jedi, but I do think that she would continue to seek out like living in balance with the force and connection Mm -hmm. with the force and finding the force as a source of power because it's already been established that the force is always present and it's present in everyone. Everyone has the ability to touch it and it has the ability to influence anyone, no matter how many midichlorians they have or like how force sensitive they are or how skilled they are at manipulating it. You know? So I think, I think it's much more democratic than the Jedi would believe, like would believe or like than the Jedi had accounted for. And that's part of the, that's part of the flaw in the Jedi way. Right. It's the fact that, they became too married to the idea that the force belonged to them when it doesn't, it belongs to everyone. And I don't, I don't think Ahsoka would go for that. Like, I just think, I think that I, I I do see her because of her nature and like, just because of who she is and who we've seen her be as a character, there's no doubt that she would be a teach, like seek to be a teacher and like a guide for others and to influence them. But I don't think she would try to create a hierarchical structure that dictates to people, um, you know, to the extent that the Jedi path did. Well, I love that you said guide because I feel like that is maybe where she is at this point. I mean, last we saw her, was at the end of Rebels, which is what, roughly like two years before I think Mandalorian kind of takes place. And she's about to guide uh, Sabine to where Ezra is and guide Ezra back home. Like that is what she is. But to go from Ahsoka to um, the problem with her, uh, not her being uh, Ahsoka, capital H-E-R, they who shall not be named, mm-hmm. and some discourse that I've been seeing surrounding Ahsoka in, in what her role may or may not be in this season. My belief is her role in this season is that she is more of a, a guide to not only Din, but actually Bo-Katan, who I think will start to get a bigger role here, of you can be more than what you think you can be. Mm-hmm. There is not it is not just about the dark saber. It is not just about keeping the helmet on there. You can be beyond that. There's a lot of discourse in, in star Wars right now about her being a Jedi. And I want to tie that in today and pose this question to Ian and Mo of who have, who, who, who 
have had to face face things that not all of us have had to face before and have inner conversations that we haven't had to have before. And I feel, I feel for Ahsoka very much when I'm listening and it's all, you know, when I hear people say, well, she's a Jedi. Well, you know, I know she doesn't call herself a Jedi, but she's a Jedi to me. And I feel to, it sounds very similar to what Gina Carano has been doing about pronouns and, you are taking away Ahsoka's agency by saying, well, she's a Jedi to me. So that's what she's really there for because you were defeating that character and everything she stands for and everything that she fought for the inner struggle that she had to get through to say, I am no Jedi. Yeah. It is more than just one episode. I am no Jedi. Cause I'm a badass with these new white lightsabers. Imagine the, in the struggle internally that she had to get to yeah. in order to say, I am no Jedi and not only say it, but with the confidence that she said it. Yep. So we are about to see Ahsoka in a light that we have never seen her in before. We have not seen her here. I don't even know if she's uh, alive anymore. I mean, she could literally just be the... We don't know what she is. She is something... She could just be her. But she has gone through a process that we have, have, have never had a character go through before. But I feel as a... a as a queer person, the need to defend my, my trans siblings. And I take offense when I hear people miss mislabeling her for the term that she chose and how she identifies herself as a non Jedi. And maybe that's a stretch, but that's how, like, that's how I feel about it. And it ties into, you know, today and trans awareness day and all of those things. And I'm, I'm curious if the two of you be open to talking about, similar things either one of you oh, I, I think i think the silence might just be yeah. I, I, Probably, yeah. to be honest i'm I, I feel right now just like this i've had hadn't tied both things in but it does elicit a almost like a physical reaction in which i just mm-hmm. feel like this like contraction within my own like mm-hmm. center of the heart like because it goes back to there's a lot a lot of ways you can decipher this you can pick at it from a is it a wording is it what it used to represent is it what the idea of what I want to express who I am in the sense that when you deny Ahsoka kind of saying like you know, it took it took Ahsoka. It's kind of what Emma was saying. You, you saw the seeds in the beginning of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It took that. That's the journey of Ahsoka. It took all of Clone Wars for Ahsoka to say, "I'm no Jedi." Yeah. Now, the flip side to that is, once once you accept that and probably understand why you're no Jedi, you also understand how can some Somebody might just say, "Oh, Jedi is anybody that's a Force user." So you, you're there's also that component of, do I forgive this instance, or is it being used expressly to harm? Mm-hmm. And, and so, so it, it creates a lot of like, a lot of judgment. There's a lot of like sitting down, like was was it just a simple mistake or was it something that's intentional? And and that's. It hurts it when it's intentional. 
when it's something that's just a mistake or out of ignorance, that just means that person can learn, can grow. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think at this moment, words are kind of failing me. Yeah. Uh, you. <laughs> um, you definitely touched on probably one of the more important aspects of Jedi or not Jedi um, and connecting it really to pronouns and getting to the heart of the person's intent and how they intend to use the language that they're using. If it's conscious or subconscious, if um, they truly mean what they're saying or there's this sort of dissociation where this person may have been um, one way and then all of a sudden they changed and, or not even they changed. That's not even, it's, um, uh, people have perceived a person to be a certain way and then that perspective changes and the everyone else is sort of um uh, uh, yeah it, it's hard to it, it's hard to describe someone who um either uses the wrong pronouns or um gender descriptors mm -hmm. i personally it um conjures up like very conflicting just th thoughts and ideas for myself because again it's the in intent and it's um to go back to what i was saying you know um all of a sudden other people's perception of a person uh is changing and uh they're trying to they're trying to um, recognize their change in perception of this person. And um, it's all a matter of, are they, when they apologize and say, sorry, if they're sincere or if they're make, or if they're really, you know, it's a mental slip and they're really trying to, um, they're really trying to change and be, be a better person and recognize this person for who they truly are. Or is it just a total dismissal? Is it a political thing? Um, is it, you know, uh, just an ignorant thing? Like there's so many different layers and levels to this. And um, yeah, I don't know if I can really, I don't even know if I touched on the topic at all, even yeah. <laughs> and kind of cha changed course or direction, but um, no, no, I, yeah. I, no, thank you. It, I mean, it's I just hard to, to describe and explain really, at least it, for me yeah. personally. It, 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 and I think before, like the, why it's so hard to explain it's because of that lack of language, which is kind of what yes. Ahsoka is kind of facing with the force. There's a lack mm -hmm. of language facing okay, I've only known the language within the Jedi terms. Mm. I, I, Ahsoka knows, or at least from their experience, they don't identify with the Sith. 
but what 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 what's what's the middle what's how can yes. i work with yeah. what i sort of know and what i feel with what's out there and, and I, that that's where words kind of fail and i feel like that's probably where we will see ahsoka like kind of stumbling everybody's gonna look at me as a guide but i've never been a guide i've never yeah. yeah, she's well, you know, she's put on trial. Spoiler alert. She's put on trial <laughs> at the end of her arc. Yeah. And then she goes her own way like Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but which that the experience of that trial really doesn't escape her because we see that she's still to a certain extent, constantly put on trial. And, um, citizen, just, yes. That pissed me off. And brings back to, um, you know, today, I, I think you've mentioned it earlier, you know, today's transgender remembrance day. And, um, you know, her existence by some or by all or, you know, by many is her existence is a political act in the very same way that, um, marginalized, you know, black indigenous people of color, um, and queer and trans people, you know, our existence is a political act. And to a certain extent, we are put on trial every day. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see that, um, interaction between Din and Ahsoka when they first arrive because his worldview is shattering before his eyes and it's only gonna shatter further when talking with Ahsoka yeah. but what's important with that com- when he encounters Ahsoka is what um, the foundation of his worldview will be built upon. Like that's mm-hmm. the important part is what's going to happen for Din going forward. And how is he going to take his experience with Soka? How is he going to take that in going in the future and yeah. use it to his just everything? I find it really interesting. I thematically, because especially now that we know that Din you know, being a child of the watch is a bit of an outsider because like Ahsoka knows a thing or two about being an outsider. And not only that, but she also has seen in her own life how um, like oppression kills solidarity in order to control people. Because when she met Vader, Like, it all comes rushing to her that, like, you know, she may have, like, it it wasn't her fault, but losing her was part of the reason why Anakin fell. Because he was bereft. He was vulnerable. Like, there was an Ahsoka-shaped hole in his life. And that made him weaker than he would have been otherwise. Uh, To me, I had... 
may I add one more thing? I, I, thinking about everything that everybody has talked about, there's one more element that I think that we're leaving out that we have forgotten about where all these folks and their journeys are kind of coming together. We will also have, on top of like Dan finding out, you know, about these Mandalorians that don't aren't as orthodox as he is. Um, then there's Boba Fett, yeah, and what his way of thinking is in all of this. What's he going to bring to the table that's going to further push it, you know, for lack of better terms, left or right, you know, um, because he's he's a very chaotic element, um, and he himself has probably changed quite a bit since we last saw him just because he's had to be on his own. Um, maybe he was, I, I mean, I don't know all of his history or anything. Cause I'm not a huge yeah. Boba Fett stand. It's not because I don't like the character. I just never did a deep dive, but I'm just wondering what his thinking is at this point. What does he still carry with him that maybe of the Mandalorian way, or has he completely turned his back on it as well? Mm-hmm. So they might all end up finding a common ground at that point, and that's what brings them together, despite their differences. The thing with Boba Fett for me is, or what I end up always going back to, is whether or not he is Mandalorian, and I feel yeah, like exactly. that's what I feel like that's what his show or the rumored show. Yeah, is it? I, I'm pretty sure it's verified. To be honest, but yeah, um, yeah. I think that's what part of what that show is going to explore. Well, I mean, that's kind of all of Star Wars. This series, for sure, is is centered on identity, and that to me, which thank you, Mo and Ian, for sharing your stories, and like thank you and for being that open. I appreciate like. But I think the two of you spoke to what she had to go through and is going through right now. And that's something that she can be that person to help Din, who clearly is going through something of a similar experience right now of what it means to be something. Boba Fett is going to has been struggling probably with what it means to be a clone, what it means to be the only clone that wasn't wasn't assaulted with 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 uh biology put on them from some government used for some purpose. He was the only one wanted. Uh, And then to lose your father being the only thing that he wanted, you have him struggling with what the armor probably means to him. I mean, he was recognized by the entire galaxy because of that armor. It has now been stripped away from him. So who is he without that? Who is Din Djarin without the armor? Who is Cobb Vanth now without the armor? He built this entire identity around wearing that armor and being the marshal. Is he the marshal without the armor? You know, like we, there's so much. And that to me is what Ahsoka is here for. But she has done the work that no one else had to do. Mm. She's the one defining the language because she's experiencing something that most people do not experience. And she's here to, you know, hope, we don't know where, what she's going to be by the time we see her, but even for the audience, she's redefining the way things look for everyone else. And she's on this mass education, maybe not by choice, but by pure existence, she is having to educate people and, and do these things that, you know, our characters in this, in this show need to experience. Um, so Eli from the galaxy Mark makes a good point. Boba Fett wears the armor, but he's not an actual Mando. It's something, uh, 
uh, SWE has been saying about uh, Star Wars Explained, maybe, been saying about what makes uh, someone a true Mando. 100%. Uh, 100%. Um, I think I'll try to get through some of these things. Goose, in a way, Cabo, Katana, the armor, and Boba are all refle- reflections of the paths Mando can go through, and both work as dualities in a way that Boba, Cobb, armor, both. 100%, Goose, 100%. It's like, this is the interesting stuff. Um, that I think is going on underneath the surface. We spent, like you said, Ian, a month <laughs> talking about these kinds of things, but we're about to get, we're about to go from drag mother armor who, you know, now all of a sudden we got new information. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want her anymore? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying she's an active villain. Maybe she is, you know, we don't know what her role is going to be now. We were been introduced to something else, but we have Ahsoka, and Ahsoka has to do something. And uh, with that, like, we can kind of jump into today's episode. But this is the stuff that this morning, I didn't enjoy this episode on my first watch, to be totally honest. I wanted it over really? before it started. I did not give it a fair mm-hmm. chance. This is something that's been going on the, in the discourse since the announcement of Ahsoka, that people don't want her here because she's going to take over the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for Ahsoka anytime I can get it because we all know <laughs> she's my favorite, but like, I was like, okay. And I'm really, really, really connecting with Din every, every time he's on screen, I'm connecting more and more. And he's becoming one of my, like my, this new life that I have is my favorite character, but he's been overshadowed today by that. And so now I'm a little bit nervous of, Oh, is this, I don't want it to be the Ahsoka show. You know, uh, I don't think she'll be in it a ton, but she's incredibly important. I mean, clearly we've been going for an hour and I haven't gotten to the, uh, to the episode yet. So, um, if, and, yeah, go ahead. Mark. If I could just say real quick, or Ian, sorry, to yeah. sort of, I guess, bridge the gap between this convo and then this episode is, I just really want to quick point out something that, um, Petra actually said about, her head cannon is the Mandalorian is decolonizing himself. And I love that idea because if that's the case and I'm, you know, it's pretty much true. I think it comes back to the armor and her intention. They're like a lot of stuff comes down to intent. And um, what's her intention in having the covert be the way that it is? Or uh, at this point in uh, the covert's history, you know, continuing certain practices, um, you know, is the intention to legit, like legit, bring Mandalorian people together or in some way kind of coerce people into thinking a certain way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we find out I didn't, I missed at the very beginning on the first watch. I missed the absence of the uh, mythosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I watched it before this live chat and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's foreshadowing if I ever did see it. 
But they're also being, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been stripped of their identity yet again. You know, Mo to catch yes. you up yes. because because the 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 four of us, like yeah. we said, spent months together. You know, we kind of watched the first season of The Mandalorian as kind of his coming out process, and and yeah. and the armor was his drag mother who he you know he went to <laughs> learn the ways, right? But that's kind of changing. And I've been viewing this season so far as we all we we come out. And then we retreat again, I think, a lot of us anyways, and have to now do the internal work again because we've internalized it to come out. But now we have to internalize the the reflection being stared back at us and how those reflections are now going to change us. And I, I feel very much that's what Din is at right now. Uh, he's being challenged with that. Every single episode he's been challenged with it on some level. But... Oh, I I, uh, I, 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 totally see that. Like that. Then this whole season is about Dan's previous identities crumbling, and the question remains: Are you gonna? Is then gonna try to grasp to a falling structure, or is then gonna just accept everything's gonna fall down, and then rebuild from that? Yep. Which is yeah. probably what we're going to see. But. Yep, we have Ahsoka who did it, and then a, yep. a Bo-Katan redefined who she was, too, from the moment we met her to where we saw her in Rebels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the Bo-Katan we got last chapter was a little closer to the Bo-Katan we had in Rebels. Like, she, you know, regressed a little bit after whatever happened after she lost the, the, the Darksaber. So, all right, this episode. <laughs> we start with the cold open. And we get dad and son working on a car. Yes. (laughs) With the the Falcon malfunction noise also. I thought that was great. Uh (laughs) This one goes there. That one goes there. (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) He doesn't say it, but, like, he says it. Yeah. He says it for sure. It's an echo. I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. I didn't even think. I I didn't even pick up on that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. The, from the beginning, the cute factor, as far as Baby Yoda goes, I think was pretty strong in this episode. So it's oh, probably the strongest this season. Yeah. Um, I was telling Brian earlier that as far as the director goes, it, you know, Carl Weathers did a fantastic job. But as far as what he sees Baby Yoda as, it's like a grandparent and their grandchild. And it shows yes. in the way the baby was showcased. And I love that so much. I absolutely love that. It showed... A side to crawl I had no idea was there, and it just it made me love the episode. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, among other things, but I thought that was super awesome. <laughs> There's goose. So triad goes into lots of myth talk. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Of of it's oftentimes the power of Star Wars that it talks on a on a mythic level, but sometimes it can hinder it a little bit when we want to nerd out and it doesn't give us all the details. <laughs> but I like that. Are we gonna take the red pill or the blue pill? Yep. <laughs> and, like and then it. just combine them both. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh Meg, wow. Those are some big words, Meg. Not the biggest baby Yoda stand. I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great though. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, um so one thing that I, you know, when you watch them eat, that was like the most helmet removal yeah. we've seen since like, I'm about to die like that yep. said yeah. so much. And then he actively, he's including, I'm like, oh, I'm telling you, 
I know there was problems with chapter 10, but that part, and I mean, I will become an emotional fool again. That little cute running scene, he picks him up. He is a father and a son, and now he's looking to his boy. He's working on a car with him. Look, <laughs> I mean, I didn't grow up with that, but I know, like, dads and their sons working on the car is, like, the bonding moment, right? Like, there, there's no I love you's going on, but we're going to put the red and the blue wire together, and that's, like, our the I love you's we get. Like, <laughs> yeah. And now he's like, are you ready to go to Navarre? Like, is that what you want to do? And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, he's he's including him. Like, he's he's – in he's all the way in and he has never really spoken to baby yoda like that it was you know we get some no no no's and some daddies but, oh god i was a wreck yeah <laughs> that was so super great. cute <laughs> thought it was so so great so we're back to navarro um yeah. we're back to another familiar planet which i know is hit or miss with people sometimes um the first thing we open to are some walrus men and there's like and you brought this up they uh <laughs> Or stripping it. So I kind of liked that our characters, I want to say our friends, but one is not really our friend. But let's just, for the for the focus of this here thing, our friends are like, I feel like they're kind of protecting Mando's home. Like, I really kind of liked that respect that they were giving Din and the Mandalorians of, like, always keeping an eye on the... the um, you know, their, their home and making sure that it isn't like, it was really, it was super, super great. Um, so we get that. I don't know how y'all felt about the Timon. Didn't work for me. That that was, I don't know. It's weird. It was, <laughs> it was I, uh, better I, I than I, the Kowakian, uh, yeah. lizard monkey or whatever. True. Yeah. I, oh, I think they yeah. were trying. Oh, I love that Ben. Yes, Ben. The I child cranny is Din's helmet. Now he's learned from Bo that those metal faces come off. Delighted me. I yep. Yeah, same here. I love that moment. Yeah. That moment actually made me sort of like do a little like. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that scene tonight for sure. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even think I picked up on that. That's that's really that's good. That's really good. This is like I know we love practical effects, but I was like that would have been better as not a practical effect. <laughs> for yeah. me yeah. i was like ah. yeah. but it was cool you know we we take out some dudes so we're the power vacuum is still is still there um our our friends are now trying to take over you know not take over they're trying to run the place and do what's best for it um and we get we meet two mechanics they're gonna hook hook mando up with a free repair job so he can go off on his way with no money down and no money due at at uh at uh Finish time. Yeah. And we get an enemy mine alien. Have any of you seen Enemy Mine with some Louis Gossett? That's yes. all I saw. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. That alien's in Squadrons too, if I remember correctly. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah. about to bring that up. Yeah. It's, yep. it's funny because that's like, I didn't think about that until right now when you mentioned Enemy Mine. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was I was here for that. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I was all about it and the fact that like the males had babies. I was like, Oh my mm-hmm. god, I want a baby. I would probably need new ones. <laughs> and now you're a mom. And now I'm a mom. So I guess I yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're not the only one anymore, and there are two mom two moms here now. Um so we 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 get our our marshal and and what are they the, what what are they calling him? Not the chancellor. They said something and I wrote it down. So basically, 
basically Carl Weathers, Queef Karga is running the joint. Magistrate. Right? Yeah. Magistrate. Magistrate. There you yeah. go. I was like, so, it's another M word, but it's not yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> Magistrate. Which is such but a great word. Yeah. <laughs> such a great word. I love what that. does it say about him, though, that he is still um, partaking in indenture servitude? I'm like, you know, we're in this time yeah, of New Republic, like, oh, and this is still a weird. A yeah, those are yeah, weird. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, yeah. I was that was a little strange because I get, I mean, some of it was made for comedic value, but at the same time, I thought that was a little weird. I was like, but again, oh. Lucasfilm, yeah, these are not things to make comedic. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like there's yeah. someone in that writers' room that thinks that like dehumanization is funny, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. It's like, how old are they? Or like, what mindset are they in like a different decade? They're still yeah. stuck in that decade, whatever it is. And I get it. it is, this probably would have worked 15, 20 years ago, maybe obviously a little longer than that. But like now I'm like, kind of like, God, guys, read the room. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I <laughs> feel it just, it me the wrong way. Yeah. I have a hunch, but I have a feeling it's like this 55 straight white cis male man. <laughs> And male as in M-A-L-E, man. And yeah. uh, it's just like my freedoms and speech. <laughs> just, let's hope not. Oh, no. I think, like, I think I Mark think was in the wrong studio. I think Mark was talking to them on Facebook the other day. If it shouldn't matter. Oh, yes. Sorry, first. <laughs> oh. Freedom. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sleeping Kitten, I did not see this IG statue in the middle of Town Square. I didn't either. Wait, what? I need to rewatch it. Yeah, there's. I, I did not I'm see it. I'm all here for it. I love it. Now um, I got to look for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. So, so I have to say, I mean, it was nice to see Mithral. Uh, none of us were super hot on him until uh, our friend Hope during the roundtables kind of came in and I think put a new light on him. Uh, I feel. Um, some of this is going to come back at play, especially this look that he gives at the end of the episode. Like, I think that dude is going to find his way out of, out of service, um, which uh, in my head, like he's going to have to backstab and do somebody different bad. So we're going to villainize him just to get his freedom. And then there's something weird about that going on. So let's hope it doesn't go down those roads. But uh, that was, that was a little tough for me personally. Um so the we 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 have the the MacGuffin of the we have to go end this military camp where there's still a holdout of Imperial troopers, which is where uh, all the stormtroopers came the end of of the season. So we go up there to blow up a building. That's the the point of the show, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the not the point of the show, but that's uh, it, it, it felt really rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like, did. That, that, it did. Like that. That was the feel. I was like, I'm watching like a live action Rebels. Episode no, Eli, Mithra will not be fine. <laughs> it reminded me. It reminded me so much of playing a video game. Yes, I was like, uh-huh. this is the kind yes, of a yes. quest you're gonna get when you're playing like Mass Effect or something. Yeah, it was oh, very much I, I, Fallen I, I, Order, though. It felt yeah. like a set from Fallen Order. Oh yes, you know what? Actually, that was one of the things I was gonna say. I actually found not not only like the story concept, but actually visually, that installation was straight from concept art for Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right down to the door. Like that, the the door was like it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're on Kashyyyk, right? Yeah, yeah, when they're on Kashyyyk or when they're on um, Zepho. Zepho, 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 especially. It reminded me so much of Zepho. 
Like, yeah, yeah it was just like wow. the action in this episode was so good. It was like good. it was it's so good. good. You felt every bump. You felt like, every turn. It was yeah. really, really, really good. Um, uh, it was amazing way, that they, yeah. they gave okay. stormtroopers like a lot of voice time. I like that for some reason. Yes, <laughs> very, very true. It was very. very, very this true. this was the A New Hope episode for the first yeah. time. We <laughs> yep. really got a new hope in the Mandalorian. We have like that was very like sneaking yeah. around with a gigantic walking carpet and listening like the side chatter of, of, but the, again, this is where this show gets it right. I never felt like those jokes in the sequel trilogy worked because they felt like they were like, they just didn't feel natural. When you get the two people talking about TK, what's the character? It just didn't feel natural. This felt very natural. It was the perfect way to have a throwback, have a little bit of comedy. Like this show either gets comedy all the way, right? Or completely wrong. It is there is yeah. like no in between. Yeah. Like they yeah. like yeah. So whoever that mailman is, uh, ask for a new mail person. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we before we go any further, let I wanted to bring up uh, Baby Yoda and being at school mm-hmm. mm. yeah. with the photography like up at the right, right. and 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 the blue macaroons because I bonded <laughs> with Baby Yoda at that moment because you know I'm a sucker for a good macaroon, so I, like, I would have <laughs> oh, done the good. same. I would have used the force to steal the macaroons from that kid. Sorry. <laughs> was anybody else worried that that little kid was about to get choked? Oh, that or he was going to punch Baby Yoda because he, he took his <laughs> I, like, I thought he was going to rat on Baby Yoda. I was like, yeah. well, if Baby Yoda does end up choking you, snitches get stitches. <laughs> very, very true. Very, very true. Well, it, it, I was, yeah. I says was the teacher of the group. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought there was going to be consequences for Baby Yoda using the Force mm-hmm. in yeah. front of everybody, like in a such a blatant way. Yeah, nope. yeah. I was like, well, nope. it was it was interesting to see him in that setting, though. What is it like for Baby Yoda to be put in? Uh, we saw him with other kids before, you know, in Episode Four, but in this environment, it was interesting to see what his life would be like if he were to get in this. He's not quite ready to be amongst older kids just yet, nope. you know, despite yeah. his age. Um, he's still got a ways to go how to handle himself and what is his and not his. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've, I've, I've talked several times, obviously, that I, I, this show handles things so well with, with children and so it made me think if here we go again like michael's the only child i have that i ever talk about but like when michael first came (laughs) he and eli too like eli especially had really no human interaction before he came like it was a very sad very hard michael was in a very similar situation and i felt that scene was played so well because baby yoda has no idea how to be with people yeah and so he's watching but he's doing all of the wrong things mm-hmm. he doesn't yeah. know that you don't get to just take people's food and i i like i'm i'm not going to turn the joke part but like they literally don't know like you you were you were born raised by pirates we've had those conversations he hasn't had a good life he's got to take food wherever and whenever he can get it because you don't know when you're going to yeah. get it again i mean some of these kids in in foster care, you know, in the system, I mean, some of them, I'm not, I, I personal experience, toilet paper is lunch. 
like that's what it is and it's so like so they see food and it's like it's it's funny but there's truth underneath it and i feel like someone in that room has that life experience because i feel they get so much right and and i don't know if it goes noticed by by the collective but i notice that stuff very very much and i think it, it's it's very very real um but yeah i mean it was a good scene it was really it was cute it was fun it was more like at least din's not just throwing him at any random stranger and he's like yeah no he's gonna stay with me um right. and my- as as eli pointed out the geography was completely accurate and yep. very like appealing to nerds <laughs> i i wish i was that nerd I like to sponge off Emma when I see those things because I <laughs> no she'll be there. I was waiting there. when they were talking about they were like the old the old uh, the old capital was in Coruscant and I'm like oh you're gonna talk about Chandrilla next Chandrilla is yeah. next. <laughs> and, and Eli, I was right there with you. Uh, I like Ben here. Could be part of the New Republic sending out teaching droids to outer rim. Seems like something Mon Moth would. Mon Mothma would be behind, which is also more uh, big government pushing themselves on people who don't want it. There's a lot of that going on over here. Uh, More ideas of religion pushing their ideas on a bunch of people who didn't ask for it because (laughs) there's the way, you know, um, this is the way. Um, Yeah, it was great. So we're running around. We're blowing stuff up. We're sneaking in, trying to set lava on fire to this big building. The guardrails joke was funny. That was cool. Mm, uh, yeah. But again, we're going to put the person who doesn't matter there, which is weird. But okay, we're moving past. The um, only alien, too. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, uh, and then we get into the room. And we realize <laughs> it's not really a military building it is yeah. a lab we see the two the two cloner people with their little their little uh uh clothes on their doctor's outfits and they're shoot it shoot it shoot it shoot it so whatever charts they're looking at they don't want anyone to read yeah so this is where for me this episode gets really interesting and becomes yes. back to ahsoka overshadowing things mm-hmm. I feel I change all the time. So before we talk about this, I want to know how the five of you feel. Do we want things tied together or do we not? I feel like on Monday, I'm yay. Tuesday, I'm nay. I'm back to yay and I'm back to nay. <laughs> I really, like, I go back and forth. Yeah. But I'm excited by this. But we're about to enter possibly, you know, making things bigger than what the what the audience you know, a lot of people are loving the show because it's not tied to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. you called it, though. You called it a while ago that we were going to see it tied together. So I thought about that when we were watching this. I was like, oh, damn. I've seen people talk about it online today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. You know? Um, yeah. Also, we have, we've now had Medichlorians brought into the mix as M count. Yeah. They were re- repackaged and rebranded <laughs> yeah, it so that, that it's more digestible <laughs> for the masses. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's you didn't, there. Say, it's you didn't tell me I couldn't say M. You just said I couldn't say midichlorian. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. I thought that because it's an easier way for people to digest it. So the people who know, obviously, prequel fans are going to be like, oh, my God, did they just mention that? You know, um, I, I, that's great. I was not expecting that at all. And I love that because I, as much as I may have not been a big midichlorian fan as when, you know, when the prequels came out, I love the mention of it now, the way that it was brought up, you know, Um, almost like a nerdy way of saying it, you know, M count. (laughs) I love it. Yep. So the room seems to be for it so far. And what about you? Do we, um, what do I, what do I want the bigger connections? connections? Yeah. Um, I, I agree a hundred percent with Ben. Like, I mean, if it tells a good story, that's awesome. You know, um, like, I don't want this show to suck any more than any, than the yeah. next person, you know, yes. yeah, like, agreed. I, I feel I, we've already talked about, and I was talking on the Katana cast about how mm-hmm. like the, the, the arcs are very well crafted and very carefully crafted. Um, and I, I just, I, I trust these writers. I trust these writers to give us a good arc mm-hmm. and to give us a satisfying story and a story that is meaningful and touching. And if they can tie in other elements from Star Wars canon beyond the show, well, then that's just a bonus, you know? And and besides, I mean, I think even though there were a couple of things that were very fulfilling and um, sort of like tickled the brains of people who have been there for like all of Star Wars, it was very comprehend. Like it was, it was um, very like easy for someone who had only ever seen the, the Mandalorian to follow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I mean, and I think it's, I think they're being very careful about what they're choosing to tie together. Yep. They're being very like thoughtful about it because there are some things where if all of a sudden you just like plop it in, like people who aren't familiar are just going to be like, what? <laughs> but this yeah. episode, it's like, well, if you understand beyond the show, good. If you don't, nope. also good. I spoke to a lot of people about Bo-Katan that are not super fans. And they're like, oh, no, I can tell she's really important, but I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I feel like they said it right there. I'm like, boom, See, there we go. That's exactly yep. what I'm talking about. It's like they're yep. just they're choosing carefully what they're tying together yeah. to make sure that it's still going to make sense within the story. Yeah. Mo, do we want connections? I think I think connections are happening. Anyways, well said. I do like the idea. At the initial, I did like the idea of a Mando being more of its own thing. Mm-hmm. What I kind of see where the connections might be leading is kind of like filling that gap that Rice had, where you know where. The, how the pop-up thing came to be, where was all of this happening? And I kind of see the seeds of that in this episode. hundred percent. And I love, I see a nerd over here getting a book out, ready to, are you ready to bring something? I love, I love, I love nerds. I was, I was hoping like, love it. it wouldn't be as noticeable as it was. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so good. No, it's perfect. It's great. Uh, uh, well, all right. I guess so. This is the complete Star Wars encyclopedia. And oh. it's important to note that this was published in 2008. Wow. So, and it includes really like just about everything there was about Star Wars um, character, story wise, EU, um, canon, non canon, soft, like everything um, up until 2008. So, whenever it comes to like EU stuff, Ooh, Just so you don't yeah. feel too terrible, it's the same thing. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We're all the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was looking at, after watching the episode today, I was, uh, one of the first things I did was Google, like, Star Wars. Well, I hope we're not jumping too far ahead, because part of what I'm going to talk about is, like, the end. So do, should we wait? or? Yeah, let's wait. Okay, okay, let's wait. Because I think so. Uh, yeah, let's just blow through all this stuff. Okay, because I yeah, because I've got theories and I want to like go into like let's speculate responsibly speculate. and <laughs> and all that. So okay, so we we're in a cloning thing. We've got Snow slash Palpatine slash Ellen Ripley weirdness going on in jars, <laughs> and I was waiting for one to kill me. Yeah, I was waiting to get it, but you been- know. Amazing, because we right. already had our aliens episode. Yeah, with right. Chapter exactly. 10. Yeah, like give me more Star Wars just, aliens we, crossover and alien resurrection. No, uh, 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 is it alien it's, resurrection? Oh my god, I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah. Number four is not respected enough. Thank you, Joss Whedon and that crazy French director who made a really weird but beautiful looking movie with really awkward dialogue and weird humor. But it's Joss Whedon, so it kind of works. <laughs> but it really kind of works. Jean Pierre Genet, I think is, is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, I yeah. I'm all about it. I love it. I'm here for all of it and the great cost. All of it. I'm here for it. The yellow, whatever. Here for it. So I was, I was, I was there. I was on board. Right. Okay. So. Uh, we get these weird jars of some sort of something, and we know that that uh, Dr. Pershing pops back up. I'm curious whether or not we can trust him, because he kind of felt like maybe you could trust him in chapter, I think that was chapter three when we last saw him. But now we saw that he shot this weird thing, talking to Moffin Top Gideon three days ago, saying, hey, you know, we can't really take the blood because he's going to die. Is it we don't want to die because... We like him, or is it we don't want him to die because we need more blood from him? So I don't know if he's good or bad. We don't know yet. Um, and we're talking about Baby Yoda and uh, 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 drawing blood and put and infusing it in whatever those two babies are. That's what it all. That was that vibe. We get out. There's a cool action scene of stormtroopers flying off buildings and tanks jumping off buildings and speeder bikes and a great X-wing fight. All great, wonderful pew 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 star moments. Fantastic. Uh, then we say goodbye to our friends, one friend, we have two, uh, uh, our friend, uh, Tiva Sandals comes back to, <laughs> to, to say, Hey, w- what's going on here? Why did this thing blow up? And it was our police officers from chapter 10. 
And I feel as though just to bring real world and fake storytelling together, this was the racially profile police officer who doesn't mind pulling minorities over and raising their weapons to for a, uh, a expired tag. And now he wants to hire uh, Cara Dune. So I think the shoe fits. I think it sounds like a great opportunity. I think they'll get along swimmingly and maybe she should just go. <laughs> And exactly. join the police. Just join that police department, and we're going to be. Exactly. She'll be good. And there'll be this GTF accident with her starfighter. Exactly. Will not be missed. Yeah. No. So uh, that plot is there that maybe she's going to take off and join the rebellion. Uh, or the, the fingers yeah. crossed. Bye, Gina. Bye. <laughs> Shame um, she wasn't on Alderaan. <laughs> uh, which stunk. That was actually kind of sad. Like I was like, ah. that was that was sad. I, I was yeah. Like, it, 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 I, I ironic that she lost everyone. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. she's losing Every, yep. everyone now. So yep. So uh, we do that. Moff and Top Gideon's like, hey, there's no, I didn't see it. There was no one here. Nothing here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Mithral gives a little side eye, and so there we go. We have some exit that he's coming back at some point to do something. Uh, then we get this great more new hope shots of this crazy, cool Imperial ship and an amazing Imperial officer. I don't know who she is. I don't know if she is someone, but that character had some amazing, amazing, amazing screen presence. Mm-hmm. I'm all here for her. It looked like Please be Rodriguez, the- but it wasn't. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. At least that's if right. the- is there a character in the EU that she could be? I don't know. She was just great. Yeah. And please come back for some more because you like, she literally to me, for me, she stole the show from Moffat yeah. Top Gideon. Yeah. She was, I, she was so good. <laughs> like I was, everything I was like, Oh, um, and then Moffat Top Gideon, which is what Ian wants to speak about. I don't know what these are. And I've already forgotten the name because I am not the biggest EU person. Uh, they look like Darth Vader meets Cylon meets TIE fighter pilot with droid hands because I had to freeze frame it and I saw something look like a droid hand. And then I was like, are these Inquisitors? Are they infusing these robots with, the, I don't know what's going on, but there's a whole bunch of them and off and top Gideon's like, hey, I'm going to send these off. So yeah. let's Dark play some uh, Dark Troopers. Yeah. Yes. Okay, do we want to start there? Because I want to talk about the M count. M count. Ellen Ripley Snokes. And maybe the Bad Batch, because I think they could all possibly be tied together. I agree. I think everything you just mentioned and the very, very end, I think is all connected. All right. Dark Troopers. Ian's got the book out. That's what you're about to read us. Yes. Uh, evening, right. evening reading by Ian. Exactly. Well, so there's <laughs> there's two. Technically, there's there's two main entries in here. So the first and the most important, I think, for this episode is Dark Trooper, and there's three three phases of the Dark Troopers. Okay. Um, there's phase one which is more kind of droid-like, and it's, you know, more exoskeletal, um, but still, like, humanoid. And, okay. Um, you know, I think each 
one of these phases is like human remains almost, or like a human volunteer or something. Yeah. 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 Exactly uh, yeah. It, which is important. Uh, again, that's that part's important. Phase two uh, is quote unquote, more refined, uh, more gun metal, gray armor, exterior, uh, reminiscent, uh, more reminiscent of stormtrooper uniforms. Um, and then the third and final phase is also the more powerful phase. Um, there's only one known to exist in the personal employee of this guy called general mock or moke. I don't know how to pronounce it, right. which that's the second thing I'm kind of about to read. And I think this is important to read because I think this is in part who, after reading this, it sort of made sense um, that General Moff Gideon is sort of like they based his character a little bit mm. off of this character. And they're both from the Dark Forces game because Kyle Katarn defeats this General Rom Mach. And he was an Imperial officer who served the Empire during the early days of the Galactic Civil War. He witnessed firsthand the efficiency and limitations of a droid army. After the rise of the New Order, uh, Mach continued to train with combat droids, kept a trophy room, displayed those deactivated quote-unquote corpses um, that he had defeated. And I, so I think with his, knowing that Moff Gideon, uh, was around during the siege of Mandalore knows about the dark saber. I think he, whether they call them dark troopers or not, um, that's what I definitely think these things at the end of this episode are based on. Um, and, just kind of word vomited a lot, a lot of information, but um, yeah. I did. I'm sorry. But this, like, now we're it's getting into like. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I love it. I love it. I'm in. I'm in like my um, like lecture mode. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But um, so with the bad batch, you know, you have these quote unquote you know, order clone order 99 or clone troopers 99, um, you know, these sort of, however you want to, they're different clones. They're not the stereotype. Like if you're, I kind of think of it like, um, eugenics almost yeah. in a way with cloning. It's like they Super weren't soldiers. They weren't a specific, they were a deviant of like this race of people. And they weren't seen as compatible or acceptable within uh, the norms of what their creators were going for. And they get discarded. Right. Um, and so it's important to note also at the end of the episode, uh, I forget who meant, I'm pretty sure it's Moff Gideon um, who says, you know, make sure um, our volunteer is blah, blah, blah. I thought I heard something about a volunteer. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And, yes. And so, um, I don't know, just seeing the imagery with these possible dark troopers. Yep. I think the pickled, whatever it was, cause it did. I got two for me. I thought I saw two visuals like 
a more humanoid yep. person and then a more mm-hmm. droid looking one. Right. Again, that's kind of what has me okay. signaling or that's signals that these may be a variant of a dark trooper or whatever. Um, it just, and then metachlorine count, uh, baby Yoda, it's just all making sense. And I think, um, I was sort of hoping for a Mr. Freeze with Moff Gideon, <laughs> a Mr. Freeze scenario, something either yep. someone yep. he loved or from his home world or whatever, a family, loved one, whatever. I was hoping that's what it was going, but this is a personal great twist. Um, and this is what like, you know, like the cloning aspect of it and the very end those are the most important aspects of this episode. Like those are my major yep. takeaways. Yeah. Sorry. I like talk yeah, no. a lot. So. No, well, I think they're what saved this episode. Cause I yeah. feel like yes. it was just kind of fine. It was fine, yeah. but it was fine. Mo, so do you the, have any thoughts? Uh, I, I honestly, I think there's a definite connection. There's the transition of like one was pre empire. Then, you eventually have the dark troopers, which seems like that could be that transition of like, how can we make our next soldier be like, we we've, we've gone through clones. We've gone through, uh, regular stormtroopers. What's the next, I mean, it's mm-hmm. logical, but it's, it's also, also like, it goes back to that eugenics, that evilness of it. Like what will be the next step, which is, will be that, completely devoid of human condition. Uh, I, I, I was thinking, I was like those last minutes of the episode felt way more intense than the, everything that mm-hmm. happened beforehand, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, I, I think they're, they're definitely got it. Like, I, I kind of like, this, and a little bit of kind of like what Maggie said at the beginning, they're tying a lot of little things from the extended universe. Okay. So mm-hmm. this will be, I uh, now I'm excited in a way. Thanks to that. Ian. So it was great. It was great. For sure. Mark, you're going to say something. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, going back to what everybody's saying, it's, it's like, uh, are they trying to make, I mean, if we go with the idea of dark troopers, I don't know a lot about them, but um, it's almost like they're trying to make some type of force sensitive super soldier, you know, to use what they're going to be using that for, or if there's an ultimate like template they're going to be using, that's going to be really interesting. And if that ties into a lot more of what's ahead, you know, which again, going back to what you said, Brian, does this all tie to the first order at some point? And I was like, maybe that's too far ahead, but now I'm like, oh man, he's really onto something. So um, that I, I'm very, very curious about that. Um, I, I I love the idea, and I I, I want to see more. 
Um, by the way, I, I have to add, Ian, seeing you talk like from the book and explain all that, I, it was like I was watching like a real live version of when uh, Indiana Jones is telling the folks about the Ark of the Covenant and <laughs> yeah. the book. He's yeah. explaining the whole thing. <laughs> I, was, like, yes. there, I was like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Let's go punch some Nazis right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to. For Mark, before, before you go, Emma. I'm very excited. We've really only been talking for a few months. You've already understood the genius that I am. And my husband, 13 years later, still is not quite there. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm a, I feel like I'm the only one in the room who didn't know anything about Dark Troopers. The chat's grown, like blowing up Dark Troopers. Look at me. Oh, there we go, Mark. More yeah. of the same. Okay. The right side of our screen here is like okay. more than one camp. <laughs> so a couple of things stood out to me with this episode. Well, for one thing, I was a little bit surprised that Din was so convinced that Moff Gideon was dead. Uh, and that he didn't even entertain the possibility that he had survived. Because I thought Din was a bit smarter than that. But that's okay. Um, that's chapter one and two, Din, right there. Not, not. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Tactically deficient, Din. <laughs> 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 um, um, also, um, I I found it very striking the image of the covert having been like stripped and converted into something else. Like that was just really powerful. Um, I, I felt a real sense of loss at that. And like, and I know, you know, Bo-Katan nope. has already said what she said, but. But we're I mean, connected to those people. Yeah. Like we're connected to them. Exactly. She is not, but we are. Exactly. And like, and how do we know that her opinion on children of the watch is the final word? I mean, for all no. we know, like there could be some great peril that they are standing between and, you know, between it and Mandalorian society. Like for all we know, the children of the watch have a special role that hasn't been explained to us yet. Right. Well, like I said, you just said something that made me think about something. I don't think, well, we are acting as though we can trust Bo-Katan. She's been a villain before. Yeah. I feel like she was playing back to some of those older school. She's like power hungry for that dark saber. What if she's slipping backwards into a little bit of something too? Is there a reason that she and Ahsoka are not together? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, I, I kind of doubt it, but I don't know. Yeah. That we don't know. It hasn't been revealed yet. Yeah. Um, and, um, what else? Uh, oh, I already brought up the thing about the jokes not being funny, and <laughs> and the I'm with you, thing. I f- I found the um I found the revisiting a doctor. What's his name again? Doctor Doctor Percy. Doctor Pershing. Pershing, right? Um. I found him to be a lot more sinister this time around. Mm. Like in the first season, he seemed very sort of hapless and um, non-threatening, but I kind of got an inkling seeing him this time describing the experiments. I mean, at least they were using volunteers. 
I guess. Baby Yoda's volunteer? Volunteer. Well, no. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> Baby Yoda wasn't a volunteer. The yeah. source of the M yeah. blood was not volunteering. But, I yeah. mean, I presume that the people that they were injecting it into were volunteering. Um, and, yeah, so I found it interesting to, to see Dr. Pershing sort of as a more sinister figure than previously. Yeah. And I really liked that they created a moment when, where the two information officers are trying to erase all the data and you kind of have no idea what's going on, but, and you're just kind of like, Hmm, like, I wonder what's up with that, you know? And then the characters cotton on like right around the same time that we do. But I just, I liked having that moment because you don't often see that in Star Wars. Like, you know, like shred everything. (laughs) It's the feds. (laughs) It's the magistrate. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was fun. I mean, and I mean, I found, and I found the, um, like, and of course, as soon as Mithril noticed the vehicle, I was like, oh, that's telegraphing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, someone just folded up in a paper airplane and threw it straight into the next room. Which is also very <laughs> Star Wars sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Em. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it really was. It really, really was. That's awesome. And I do have to say, I mean, as much as, like, she must not be named, I... I found it very gracious that the story gave, you know, who that moment of characterization mm-hmm. at the end to talk about her home world. I and mean, all, I, all yeah, and all Alderanians. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, like when you're asked that question, what else, what else can you say? Like, there's no other answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nope. And I, 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 I kind of love, I love meeting Alderanians scattered through the, like scattered through the, the uh, Star Wars universe. I mean, I really liked in the novel Last Shot, the non-binary pilot whose parents were Alderanian. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like the, it, I, I just, that was just a little, a little morsel for me. And it's, it's tragic that that moment had to uh, be acted out by someone who's the way they are, but I love you, live, you learn. <laughs> I kind of love that all Duranians are the best parts of Padme. Like Padme has some pomp and circumstance about herself. Every once in a while, she was humbled to be down on one knee for the Gungans, and but yeah. she's still there. Was an air of she knew she was better than them, but she was going to bow the knee for this moment, you know. Uh, <laughs> But Alderaan are just really kind of good-natured people, yeah. uh, it, f- from my understanding. Yeah. Well, from the way Leah described it, too, when before yeah. the planet gets blown up. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, in canon, Alderaan is, like, renowned as being sort of – it's sort of mm-hmm. the, like, arts and humanities yeah. planet, you know? Oh, like, there's – like, they're known as being, like – People who appreciate beauty and who and who also have like a rich, a very rich tradition of preserving, yep. preserving the arts and preserving beauty, which is, I think, part of the one of the things that makes it so tragic. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, like like they have Sounds very George too. 
that's true. That's like true. they, the government's they have blow that up. Like mm-hmm. one of Trade the disputes. like part part of the cultural <laughs> part of the cultural heritage of Alderaan is they have musicians that isolate themselves from everything so that they are not like they literally like live alone in a room like for decades so that their music is a pure expression of their inner life rather than being influenced by outside things wow yeah if i know um, right if i could say real quick we're about to get some more Snoke speculation from me here in a second. <laughs> and there's Ben. I can only imagine spending a week with Ben once a week with Swedish Vermont of the galaxy. I'm here for it. I love it. Great time. If I could just <laughs> say real quick, and um, I started thinking about this almost as soon as Gustavo typed it, but um, th- these volunt- quote-unquote volunteers or this, like, experiments that they're conducting. Um, they mentioned uh, some version of an evil echo. And I, mm-hmm. connecting everything again, um, I'm fairly certain that um, before se- Season 7 came out, when it was just, like, drawings or whatever, the bad, bad... Bad Batch arc didn't have Echo in um, either involved or joining them at the end. Mm-hmm. And in season seven, he joins them. And mm-hmm. at that time, Filoni was already on season two uh, of Mandalorian. And so um, either they recaptured Echo or maybe they took another Bad Batch, um, one of the Bad Batch clones, um, or maybe something totally different. They also mentioned like a RoboCop scenario. So, and, yeah, yeah. So, or Snoke, or Snoke. I like. I think here's my here's my I, what I find interesting. We meet Palpatine using droids first. To slowly take over. I'm going to use droids on the on 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 the more violent side. I'm going to use politicians to start weaving my web of takeover, right? And it was all hidden. He hid his lightsaber. No one knew it. You know, he hid all of these things. And then we get to to uh, our original trilogy, and it's humans who are controlling everything, and it's humans who are being you know the oppressors. But the magic behind it, the force is still kind of hidden this whole time. Then we get to the rise of Skywalker with poof, all of a sudden here's Palpatine back out of nowhere. But in that poof out of nowhere, yeah, but in that poof out of nowhere, he is flaunting his red lightsaber everywhere with his Sith troopers galore. He is, it is now he's very outwardly using his lightning to take down an entire like, a, a, a battalion of ships he is forcing the force down everyone now so it's like i will really assert my power now so what i am which i what i find interesting is he is now using what we saw him you know in the in the clone wars which is what i've been saying for a very long time that he we have seen palpatine stealing force sensitive babies for something before he was making inquisitors back then 
Now he's building his contingency plan in case he dies and he's going to figure out how to clone himself and use the force to now start controlling the entire galaxy. What if on the surface, I was not a huge fan of the bad batch arch arc at the beginning. I was like, I don't need the Avengers in star Wars. (laughs) I was not for the super powered clones. It just, it wasn't for me. However, after I've been feeling like we last week on Pink Milk After Dark, we were talking about the uh, 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 George Lucas, the sequel trilogy. And, you know, I feel like we've gotten we all kind of agreed. I think we've gotten most of it through extended content, not all in one th- series of three movies, except for the micro, the microbiology, the micro part of the force. But it looks like we're starting to get it now. And I had said then that I think we were going to get something to do with that with the Bad Batch. I think that's where we're going to start planting those seeds because Dave Filoni knows the genius that is George Lucas. And Disney might pass this stuff up. He's like, fine, I'm just going to make this up. And I'm going to make it look like the Avengers right now. So you buy into all this. But we're going to start getting into this crazy like micro universe of the Force. And what if Palpatine is you creating clones that have some sort of force ability, which would, uh, which would excuse some of these superpowers that they have in those things. And now we're having this and clone and Snoke is some sort of like super powered pseudo clone of Palpatine mixed with all these other M counts. And it's his way of figuring out how to start making himself clone bodies before for this spirit that he's got like it was all built this was this was the final order that he started towards the end of the clone wars back then of like i know he knew darth vader was going to kill him he said right there in you know revenge of the sith the master always tries to take out their leader so he's figuring out i i know you're going to kill me but i'm going to have this working on the back burner that you don't know about and so i wonder if that's something that we're starting to plant here and that's how I just feel like the, like Bad Batch is going to tie into all this somehow because that's mm. and I think that would ex- I don't know I never thought of it the same way I did until today when I saw all those yes. Ellen Ripley sitting there I was like oh <laughs> maybe that's why there were superhero clone troopers and it mm. seemed really kind of lame for me at the time I was like eh. <laughs> all right <laughs> again you love your Ellen the- Ripley don't you. Oh, yeah. I do. I love me some. It's it's up there, quite possibly my second favorite thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Blade Runners, probably Blade. Uh, no, love me some Alien. Love them. <laughs> but those are my thoughts. I don't know. I don't know. It could be stretching, but I feel like the there's little tie. There are seeds being tied, and the web is now starting to spread everywhere. So it's, I'm curious whether or not this is going to maintain the quote unquote uh, casual fan. I don't well, know. Well, but 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 to attest to that, you kinda have like kinda John Favreau working there, who's already has all this experience of weaving separate media into like one cohesive story. Yep. Which might be what we're seeing now that Filoniverse developing itself. Yep. Would it not be great if we got the Filoniverse was just the Star Wars universe? <laughs> in time in time um yeah i i do do i miss oh my god i've missed so many chats tonight people i'm i apologize <laughs> <It's>, 
Oh my good. Oh my god. I am sorry everyone. I appreciate all of you very very much. Do we have anything else to say? This is the longest stream we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. No, yep. Punching yep. in close to two hours. Yep. Uh, Brian, I'm actually quite I'm really, really, really shocked that you didn't like the Bad Batch at first. And I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> because the reason why I love those characters so much is because they reminded me of G.I. Joe characters oh. and the action figures. 100%. They all- came with special abilities and their <laughs> weapons and like I just imagined like getting an action figure of one of these guys with all their little weapons and everything and that's what I loved when I got a G.I. Joe figure. It's like I got to read their little card and all their abilities and what they specialized in and what their weapons did and if they had a little yep. pet or whatever, you know, that whole thing. So that's yep. like I'm shocked that you're like didn't like it at oh, first. Oh no. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. I just wanted to throw that out there. 100%. We need to we need to give Hope the floor. What's happening? Okay. Oh Uh-oh. yes. Oh, she's still on her thing about replacing that actress. Okay, where where am I going with Hope? Just down at the very bottom. Remember when they replaced Leia's voice actor because she made fun of uh, Christine Blasey Ford, mm. and no one cared. Remember when Marvel changed Hulk actors and no one cared? Uh, stares hard at Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine with the recast. Honestly, I really yeah. am. Ronda Rousey. I was thinking about it a couple sweet. weeks ago. Oh my god, she could get in like, like a horrible accident, and then when they rebuild her after she gets out of the back of the tank, she looks different. <laughs> well, I can impose a question, but it Dark is like two in the morning for Emma and Mo. Because I can pose a question that is not Star Wars, or it's almost two in the morning for you too, Ian. Like Mark and I are like, oh, it's only a ten. It's ten and eleven over here. We're fine. It's no, very it's, late uh, for the three of you. No, it's almost one, not two. Yeah, same. Oh. It's almost two here, but that's okay. Okay. Oh, shit. Well, there. I was right somewhere. <laughs> you were right somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, children. I am teaching you math. <laughs> uh, can I pose a question or are we wrapping it up? You could uh, pose a uh, question. I'll, you I'm can good. pose a question. Yes. Okay. I am curious because I'm with Emma and I'm with you, Hope, of let's replace <laughs> yeah. some actors. We are quickly approaching. Reality TV entering fiction. And I'm not necessarily, I don't know how I feel yet. We've had these conversations of separating character from actor. And reality TV, I feel, is making it harder to separate character from actor. Social media is making it harder to separate character from actor. So we identify so much of the actor to a character now. And I'm not, like, rightly so. But this didn't exist all the time, like back before. You had agents who really like controlled what their actors. All these things have probably always existed. Mm-hmm. We just didn't see them. Yep. And like, there's good. There's really good sides to that because then we're getting people like her who are killing their own career. And thank God, because you are unwilling to learn. I feel people are very patient and forgiving and all of these things. But when you start to just Dig, dig, dig. Uh, I mean, actually, Emma, Ian, and Ben, you all talked about this on your last episode of, of Katana Cast, really talking about the defensive mechanism. Like, uh, we've talked about it here with, like, I call it a bubble. 
And I'm cool if you're in a bubble for a hot second because we've all been in that bubble for a hot second. Ben was articulating it very well. Like, I've been there. I have been there where I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to like, no. I think we're all humans. We all know we all do that. And we can forgive it for a second. (laughs) But the negative to those kinds of things is if you get a character... Emma, again, to bring back that last week's podcast of recasting like Luke Skywalker, it makes it much more difficult because now we have made Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I have felt like maybe because I'm a big comic book fan, I understand the different artists draw different characters different ways. I love animation so much. I love – I don't see – like I am not – I don't feel the same <coughs> as a lot of people with seeing Bo-Katan as a live action person didn't give her any more uh, like importance to me. Like I didn't, I, there was a minute of uncanny Valley, but it wasn't because like, I'm seeing this character for the first time. Like it just, she just, she was drawn different. I had the same feeling when I saw her and Ahsoka in rebels. I'm like, you don't look like yourself. And it just took me a minute. Like, I don't see that line. I know most people do. But is there anything to fear with that of actor and character becoming the same thing? Like, is there a dark side to that? If everything's balanced, we all have light, we all have dark. Like, where where does that go wrong, if that makes sense? Because I agree. Like, I want to see more Leia. I want to see Luke. I want to see those characters written from somebody else. I want to see those characters with this new, these new eyes that we're looking at all of Star Wars with. But are people going to be open to it? I want to see Ahsoka, but are we going to be open to seeing her different? Are we going to be open to and and let's just like remove the problems with Rosario Dawson? Like it could be anybody, but like I want to be able to see Ahsoka. But I, if we're going to see these people in different mediums, like we have to like lessen our expectations yeah. of the people <laughs> playing them. Of the people who were the voice actor before and who is Ahsoka? Is it Ashley? Is it now this live action person? Like, who's Ahsoka? Like, you know, we have to just let the characters speak at some point if we want all of this to go more mainstream. It's a hard call. Well, I mean, like, how many Doctor Whos are there? Nice. <laughs> no, 100%. And, like, just like, uh, yeah. but one of them is not like the others now? Yeah, yeah. And, Emma, and you bring up a great point. There, and there's even ones that are, like, from, like, varying time streams that, like, have brought into the fold. Like, I'm probably describing it wrong, but just they've managed to bring in, like, outside of what the core Doctor's these other characters that are also involved in the whole thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very much possible. You want to tell that story? <laughs> you want to tell that story? Um, Good night, Liv. Good night, Liv. Bye, Olivia. Love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's it's, it's food for thought. It's a lot more than I can even like, um, yeah, I'm expand sorry. upon. Sorry. Well, <laughs> the three of, you know, that I like to do these things. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I leave it to Ben oh, to I be more, more, much more eloquent about the subject. Than- <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just curious because we're we're entering those ideas of letting uh, of people characters looking different and being portrayed by different people and have, needing. It's going to force us to let go a little bit because, yeah. like, I yeah. only see Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. 
I only, yeah. Yeah. I really, but now I actually see like Rebels version of Ahsoka. I hardly even like when I close my eyes, I don't see Clone Wars yeah. Ahsoka yeah. anymore. I see Rebels Ahsoka, but yeah. I identify more with Clone Wars Ahsoka. So it's all these little, you know what I mean? But I don't know. You have to wonder. Um, sorry, I, I, I don't mean to take the hog the spotlight, but you have to wonder, like with Harley Quinn. Um, if I remember correctly, that character has been voiced a couple different yeah. times um, in in throughout the, the the character's life, and then to see the switch to the big screen, and you have somebody who else is playing it, bringing their own voice, and now people, when they think of Harley Quinn, they think of you know yep. the the movie character um, and the actress, and so. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. You you have to kind of let some of that go. Um, you know, I, I don't mind if we eventually see Luke or Leia come back in some form, especially if it's something like a journey where you see them as younger, you bring younger actors in, mm-hmm. see them grow up, then I'm okay with that too. I think that might be a little bit easier for people to digest. Um yep. because otherwise we're we're totally cutting ourselves off from enjoying these characters more and it doesn't have to be right away it could be a little bit of time before we see this sort of thing but yep. you know there's going to come a time where we're like okay we're hungry for more luke stories again we're hungry for more leia stories like uh, bringing it back to aldron it would be fantastic to see that planet and young leia on it uh mm-hmm. her growing up all more that aldron please yeah. for more see. than like 20 <laughs> yeah. seconds yeah, yeah. Uh, almost like, let's let's I make think- the loss even harder so yeah. One yeah. one one thing to think about, I mean, like, aside from my Doctor Who joke, is that <laughs> like we have to think about the his sort of the history of performing, like and theater and the arts. Like human beings adjust. Emma's about like, to come in hot. Like, so I mean, like if you think about Commedia dell'arte, right? Which was like one of the which was like the it's the origins of like accessible theater in the Western world and Commedia dell'arte the way that it worked was you would have all of these different troops uh performing different plays and sometimes the plays would even be improvised so like you wouldn't always like know what the story was going to be or be able to anticipate but they had stock characters so you know, you would always have like the thin, the thin, greedy miser and the big fat blowhard who thinks he knows everything. And then you would have the servants who were actually clever and would know what was going on. And you have the vapid lovers who were more in love with themselves than they were with each other. And, <laughs> but like everybody knew like those stereotypes, everybody understood like what was going on and they would use masks to convey who was who. So like as soon as you saw a man in like a red mask with a hooked nose, you would know, okay, that's Pantalone, that's the miser. He's kind of like Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. The Simpsons <laughs> basically uses all of their characters are just like ripoffs of comedic dell'arte. Del and um, you know, and if you saw like a guy with like a like a, a green mask with like a big bulbous nose, like that would be Ildatore, who is like the sort of the big fat blow blowhard, like know it all, who will go on and on and on and on about things that he doesn't actually know anything about. <laughs> but you know, so sounds like our president. So you could Sorry. so like let's say that you were living in like a village in like the Middle Ages in Italy. And so one week a troop of actors would come and they would play out scenarios for you and you would laugh. And then the next week it would be another troop of actors and they would be totally different. Their bodies would be different. Like everything about them would be different, but the story, the stories and the characters would be familiar to you. 
and people derived enjoyment from that. So I don't know why people can't just derive enjoyment from similar <laughs> now. Like this is a, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a trick of the human brain, right? It's like, if you're being entertained and the story is good and you're, you know who these characters are and you're familiar with them, it doesn't, I think there's a point at which it doesn't really matter who's playing them because um, there's enough familiar elements to the story that you can be absorbed by it and, and have a good time. Love that, 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 I, I think that will be the goal. But I, I, I will blame Hugh Jackman, though. <laughs> who else will play Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> Some things are eternal, I suppose. Like he, like Wolverine is. So, or so, or not. Depending well, on I can't ask. think of a better way to end it than on Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end it. I think so. Awesome. <laughs> well done, my friend. Well done. So, speaking of Hugh Jackman, well, Mo, where can people uh, find you and listen to you? And see you, uh, actually. We are at Triad of the Force. You can find us anywhere you consume your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube and on Twitter. So hopefully if you just want to catch up on Lighthearted or something, it's a lot of deep dives with some great guests along the way, please follow us. And thank you again, Brian, Emma, Mark. Ian, it was also a pleasure. Thank you all. No, thank we you so much, uh, thank you for coming. Thank it was you. nice meeting you. It's so awesome to have you on here. And thank you again for sharing your story on Sunday. It is exactly still very, very top of mind and on top of heart. And I'm and now knowing that it was all then, mm. I'm just even more impressed <laughs> by you. So thank you. Ian, where can people find you and listen to you? So you can find me on Twitter. Uh it's right. For me, it's over here, iGallagher31 <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and you can also listen to me, to Maria from Sisters with Sabres, and Ben, who's been popping off in the chat. You can listen to us <laughs> at the Katana cast. We're on, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we're on everything you can find podcasts at. And uh, we're at the katana cast on twitter as well fantastic oh, Mark. And, and thank you Real, so i'm sorry but of thank course. you all three of, and mo uh it was just a pleasure likewise pleasure you're part of the pink milk family and mo you're there now too you're you're with us you're with <laughs> us now <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> Mark. Uh, look, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at I am El Diablito. Um, and uh, from time to time on uh, the Taking a Number Two podcast where we talk about Star Trek, which is part of the uh, Bad Motivators Patreon network. Um, and uh, I'm, I was really glad that we had Ian on this week and Mo, gusto de conocerte. Um, <laughs> it's awesome I, I loved having guests on this time it was great it was great, it was great. and Petra I saw that filthy Star Trek fan come in earlier listen to go take a live long and prosper friend I can do it you're I don't know which hand it is I don't know which hand it is just do both we love there you, you go. Yes. <laughs> Emma where can we find you you can find me on Twitter at Foxler, F-O-X-F-L-E-U-R. Ship who you want. All ships are valid. Fantastic. 
You can find me on D underscore Sips Pink Milk. You can find Pink Milk at Serving Pink Milk. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this here YouTube channel. We are just about a month and a half old, so we're growing. Come join our community. It's lots of fun. Happy, positive people. Cannot promise that there will never be tears shed because there probably will, especially with alcohol. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. This has been a long stream, but we had two extra beautiful souls here with us this evening that gave us a lot of of wonderful insight we are very appreciative until next time thank you to everyone in the chat my apologies i did a horrible job this week (laughs) of uh popping you up and interacting so i will do better next time i apologize i yeah uh here we are here we are next week pink milk will be on uh star wars explain at um uh, very we're all very excited it's gonna be great <laughs> i am telling you now mark and emma we have had these conversations y'all may have to carry the show because i think we're all feeling very confident that ahsoka is going to come back i'm going to be a gigantic puddle and i really hope <laughs> i can keep myself together on someone else's live stream for us if you're here next week i'm telling you now i will be nothing but a puddle of water tears the entire time uh, just fair warning season five 2010 probably maybe when that came out 2010 i was crying for a week so I'm just putting it out there now. I was very affected, <laughs> and we're about to have a whole new Ahsoka, and I think it's going to yeah. be – she'll probably be on for five minutes, but it'll be, oh, my God, powerful amazingness. Yeah. So until next week, everyone, uh, don't drink up. We need a new thing because it's too late to go drinking now. Rest up. <laughs> Last call. It, it, it is. Last call. Yeah. I'm just me. starting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And until next week, bye, Gina.